Welcome to Funny Parents, everybody. I'm Mary Teresa Archibald. And I am Pat Shea. And we are so happy to be back in your ears. Yes! And we know it has been a moment, and we want to thank you for your patience while we were putting together this episode and the ones to follow, which will be coming out regularly over the next Couple well, months. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of new and exciting storytellers lined up, uh, and we appreciate you still listening and liking our Facebook page. Yes, welcome to all the n- new Facebook friends that uh, that have come to to say hello over the past I don't know week or so. Honestly, yes. it's and then thrilling. Thank you for sharing it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that people are sharing the page elsewhere and parent groups, podcast scripts. Uh, we and really, mentioning it to your friends. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, that's very joyful for us. Um, uh, and if you haven't been to our Facebook page yet, go there, facebook.com slash funny parents. There you will also find our journaling pages. Mm-hmm. If you are one of these parents who are saying to yourself, it's all going by so fast. And the thought of having a daily journal seems ridiculous because who's got time for that? We are going with the monthly funny parents journal. It's yes. two pages. Two pages a month. Yes. Small actionable goals. I think that adds up goals. to less than a sentence a day. <laughs> I like small <laughs> actionable goals that we can accomplish. Yes. So head on over there and you can download the journaling pages. And it's a really fun way just to keep some of the memories of the little things that we do every day. So th- That you don't want to forget. Yes. Yes. Yes, and you were gesturing to me just then. I did. Because we are back to a spot where we will have two stories tonight. It has been a while, a and we're uh, excited about that. In a little bit, you're going to hear from our friend Sophia Cheyenne, and she's going to talk about several of her experiences and her husband's experiences raising their new baby. Mm-hmm. And... From time to time, uh, we will share a story ourselves. You've heard Mary tell a story, and I've told a story. And tonight, we're going to tell one together. A story of our adventures with our kids' fourth grade school project. So we've hit a year now. A year of pandemic parenting or mm-hmm. however you want to put it. And over this year, it's like it just zoomed by. <laughs> um, it didn't, it didn't, it did not <laughs> zoom by. At all. And I remember thinking in the beginning, how are we going to do this? This is crazy. Our kids go to what we've referred to many, many times on the podcast as a hippy dippy school. Yes. And it is hippy dippy. It's very low tech. We never had computers in the classroom. They don't have textbooks. There should be manipulatives. The children should be learning with their hands. And I mean, and one thing that we really do think is very cool is that they get out around the city. The kids get out around New York city and do stuff. uh, The sort of opportunities that they get are really, really neat. Yeah. My kids um, have been to every museum imaginable. They've seen, both of our children have seen the Nutcracker at- Multiple times. Yeah. We After haven't. having done a program with New York City Ballet. <laughs> yeah. They've gone to Alvin Ailey. It's crazy. So that's the cool stuff. Yes. And then there's the other side. There's the other side where, because of the hippy dippy nature, we don't, nothing comes home. Yeah. I know that seems like, oh, that's dreamy because you guys are inundated with artwork and worksheets. But when nothing comes home, all you are left with is, is my kid learning anything? And the answer to that is always, 
oh yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. So with pandemic parenting, that has changed because mm-hmm. now the fourth grade is happening in our apartment. It, yes. So we are fully aware of what's going on. Exactly. Because it's, again, we're in New York uh, and we have a reasonably spacious uh, two-bedroom apartment for yep. New York City. Uh, we can certainly hear everything that's going on anywhere in the apartment. So a couple months ago, probably right around before Thanksgiving, they started talking about the American Revolution, mm-hmm. which very exciting. Yeah. Pat and I love history. Yeah. You know, we used to go on our early wedding anniversaries to <laughs> Philadelphia and Williamsburg because that's just yeah. how we roll. And we were super excited. And we were excited because it actually resembled school. Yes. We were like, oh, yes, an actual school project. things. And there was a project about unsung heroes of the American Revolution, uh, people that you didn't know that well, um, that weren't that famous. And uh, they went through a whole bunch of names. And our kid chose this guy, Benjamin Talmadge. And if you're not familiar with the name, that's a good thing because he's an unsung hero. Uh, But if you're not familiar with the name, if you haven't seen the AMC series Turn, which we discovered later in this story, um, he was the spy master for George Washington. And he came up with a code and he recruited a bunch of his childhood friends into this spy ring. And they had these codes where someone would hang, um, uh, certain laundry in certain areas in, you know, in certain colors in her yard. And that was a code to say, go to this area and there's a drop off. Uh, and it was this amazing cycle that the British couldn't track because it didn't rely on one person. Uh, it was a whole team. Right, because famously Nathan Hale, yes, was Benjamin killed. Talmadge's buddy Nathan Hale from Yale, yes, yes, was killed. So Benjamin <laughs> Talmadge was like, "No, we need more voices." We need, and it's called the Culper Spy Ring. Yes, super interesting, which we knew nothing about. We knew nothing about, which was embarrassing because this all happened thirty minutes from where you grew up, Mary. Yes, 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 and on top of all that, okay. The kid gets involved. He's interested. He reads a book. Well, what's really scary is that we start reading about this guy and reading about his friends. And Mary's mom goes out and gets a big book. And she's reading all about the Culper Spiring. We are leaning in. And espionage during during the American Revolution. And exactly, everyone is in. And like I mentioned, we had never seen this show. I, I remember watching three minutes of the AMC series Turn and turning the channel, like just saying, okay, that's enough for me. The next thing we know, Mary and I are deep We're in, in a We're binge. In it. Four episodes a night, uh, just just chasing through the end of this thing that we can't show the kids. It's very violent. Um, yes, and even worse, fact-checking it. yes. We were like, no, is that true? I don't know. So we're going to a deep dive over all these people on the AMC turn. It's a phenomenal show, by the way. But we are nuts. So one yeah. one weekend, you know, COVID, you got There's nothing to do. There's absolutely nothing to do. And you can't go anywhere. So we were like, you know what? Uh, we were staying at my mom's at the time out on Long Island. And this all occurs to talk at Long Island. So we're like, hey, let's take a road trip out to Setauket. Let's throw the kids in the car. We're going to go to Setauket. We're going to see some history. <laughs> and so we drive and Google Maps is is showing us. And there is a museum there. It's closed because of COVID. Um, 
there's a walking tour. They're not doing them because of COVID. And so we get to Setauket and, and uh, Google Maps takes us to a suburban cul-de-sac. Uh, this, I mean, this is in Setauket basically at this yeah. point, like much of Long Island is a lovely suburb. And you're going through this and, and this is where these spies lived in this, this gang and we're trying to get the kids interested. And my, again, our older son was, it was very into this project and he is bored senseless. And then we find a rock. Yes. And we're like, this must be a significant There's rock. There's a rock. We see a metal plaque on it and it's oh, okay. Okay. And it's freezing outside. It is, it's a very cold day in, in, uh, what is this? January, January right? Yeah. It was a very cold day in January. And so the kids don't want to get out of the car to go look at the historic rock. Um, so <laughs> I can't I, imagine why I'm sent out into the tundra and <laughs> I, and I've got to read the plaque, uh, to discover if this is in fact a historic rock or just a rock that someone put a plaque on. After reading it, and yes, uh, the main characters of, uh, of of the cult perspiring were involved in a skirmish at this rock at some point. And so then I go and drag them out of the car. And we spent about five minutes looking at the rock. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a, a – the church is still there. The church the is still there. The church. And, you know, next to it is the cemetery where Woodhull – Abraham Woodhull, Abraham Woodhull yes. major spy guy, uh, is buried. Yeah. And they do have a couple little places that are like Caleb Brewster's house. It still looks like it yes. would have looked back then. However, Benjamin Talmadge's place is right next to this shack. And it's this beautiful house with these huge signs right in front. Private property. Yeah. Do not come on. You cannot. Because clearly other people have done too deep a dive on their children's <laughs> fourth grade project and are driving up these people's driveway to be like, hey, Ben Talmadge grew up here. Yeah. So we drive around the town. Yeah. And it's the most uneventful thing. It's just... Yeah, it's as dull as it can possibly. And any place that would be interested is closed because of COVID. Yes. And uh, we keep trying to be excited for the sake of our children. And uh, and eventually we drive home and get ice cream. <laughs> yes. Though I will say our son wrote a beautiful essay, mm -hmm. sort of the first one that he's ever really written. In terms of a proper essay. Like a proper, yeah, like researched um, yeah. And he was supposed to write a five paragraph essay due to our overzealousness. He wrote a nine paragraph essay yes. because he was just, he was so full of information. And he, even his teacher was like, you only had to write five paragraphs. He's like, I know my parents yeah. <laughs> leaned in a little too hard. And I realized this is something that since the pandemic, I love, I love being a part mm -hmm. of what my kids are actually learning. I like not being in the dark. Yeah. So that I can try to help bring their learning to life. Yeah. I was like, I've also learned a lot through all of this. And maybe I've really learned, be careful what you wish for. Because we really <laughs> wanted to know. What's going on in our kids' school? We cannot be trusted with information. Yeah. We're going to just, we're going to take it and we're, we're going to run. Gonna, we're going to, we're going to run right to the point where they're bored out of their minds with yes. it. We have sucked all the interest out of it. 
want to get nerdy, come talk about the Culper Spy Ring on our Facebook page. Because <laughs> we're in. We're all in. So, yes, if you have uh, an interest in the Culper Spy Ring uh, or little facts that you want to share about espionage or getting over invested in your children's projects, Yep. Come by facebook.com slash funny parents and let us know. We'll put up a post there uh, that you can respond to. And, uh, and it makes me sad though, because all that happened on Long Island where I grew up mm-hmm. and I knew nothing of it. Yeah. It, it was a total missed opportunity. Yeah. And supposed to be a good public school. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited that you're going to get a story from my friend, uh, Sophia Cheyenne, who we have actually worked with her through, we teach for a program called uh, Theater for All through Queens Theater here in New York, which provides professional level training to performers with disabilities. Uh, Sophia herself is actually the committee chair uh, of the Dwarf Artist Coalition mm-hmm. of Little People of America. And you've seen her on TV in At Home with Amy Schumer, for instance. At Home with Amy Sedaris. Hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a totally different Amy. Totally different Amy. Right. And uh, Loudermilk, which is now, I believe, available on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, That just started coming on there. And she's an amazing performer and artist and a very passionate disability advocate. And as a little person. Married to a little person. Married to a little person. With a little baby. Yes. And uh, their awesome son is a little person as well. And this is an interesting story Mm -hmm. of them going through the pregnancy uh, and most of us have gone through pregnancy and got educated yeah. on how to be pregnant, how to do all of this. Yeah, what to expect. And, and they them having to tell their doctors. Yes, they had to educate their doctors on how they were going to do pregnancy. And, and what to expect. Enjoy. What I wanted to share was, uh, so my, my son is so young. I mean, he's seven months old. So like, I, I was like, what kind of story can I share? That's, that's not like he smiled today, <laughs> you know, cause he's, <laughs> he's doing so many like amazing things, but, um, right. But yeah. what, what have I gotten out of uh, a certain experience? And, um, outside of the fact that, you know, throughout my pregnancy and as a, as a mother who has dwarfism and my husband has dwarfism, you know, from the get go, a lot of people are like, oh, wait, you can have kids. And so we, so like immediately through in, in the medical field, um, I mean, we have plenty of people know that we can have kids, but it's just funny. There's so many funny stories that we have about like negotiating with doctors about like how, um, how we use our bodies and, and, and sort of like the right, the right attitude to have when it comes to disability. So it's really funny because my son, um, he's got hearing aids now, actually. He, mm-hmm. uh, when he was born, he, you know, he failed the hearing test originally, which they say lots of babies happens to lots of babies. And then sure. we kept getting him tested. And so it turns out he has sensory neural moderate hearing loss. And mm-hmm. there are some deaf people in my family. So I was like, okay, probably genetic, maybe who knows. And um, so we've right. like gone through the steps, you know, of, 
whatever we needed to do um, to get him hearing aids. And now he has them. And it's actually been an amazing difference, which at first we didn't really expect. We sort of thought he was hearing fine. We were like, yeah, he's looking here. He's looking there. He's he's reacting. But now that he has the hearing aids. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he's talking more. He's making sounds louder. He kind of understands things a little better. So it's been Mm. it's been a great change. if that's, you know, it, it, it's working, I think. Um, but the funny part about the story is the social dynamics between us and this whole process with different doctors. What I'm learning is that, you know, in my own life, I have dwarfism. My, my, my husband has dwarfism and my son has dwarfism. So all of us are, we, we will need to advocate for ourselves, you know, in the real world, whatever that means. And, um, with Logan's uh, doctors, when when we would get notice of like his hearing loss or whatever, Clint and I were like, okay, great. So what next? And <laughs> the doctors, you know, like different at different levels, whether it was an audiologist or an ENT, they're like, oh, well, you know, we, we, we know that this is shocking news and that uh, this could be a lot to, you know. And, and it's like, it's it's funny because we are so used to adapting and figuring out a new way to do things and just like going with the flow and like do it, you know, mm-hmm. making the best decision. And on the flip side, like these doctors, for the most part, probably get maybe parents that are so scared or so fearful yeah. of like, yeah. you know, a disability or something that's, um, you know, different in their child. And they have to like kind of do a therapy session with some of these parents probably. And here Clint and I are like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like, let's move on. So (laughs) what papers do we need to sign? Like, here's the insurance card, you know? And it's funny because we go home and we're like, man, that seemed like a harder conversation for the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I don't know. To me, that's hilarious because it's like, um, it's just a moment of learning, you know, it's a moment of learning for all of us. And, 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 and then, and then, so I have like, that's part one part of the story. And another extension of that is our ENT. Um, I, I had told him, I said, you know, our son has dwarfism and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if like the hearing loss might be related to the dwarfism. There's a possibility, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I had told him, I said, there's an ENT that goes that, that works at Hopkins university and he has patients with dwarfism. He specializes in this. So I would love it if you gave him a call and just, you know, if you had any questions, right. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. I mean, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't realize I, re- I knew what I was doing. What I was doing is I was advocating for my family, you know, and I was saying, right. this is a resource for you as an ENT that you can use in this situation. And <laughs> I mean, you get what I'm getting at, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. and, and so the ENT was, you know, I think I didn't, I wasn't trying to do this, but it felt like a knock on his ego. You know, it's right. like, oh, uh, I, I don't know what would be the difference between what I know and this person knows. And I'm like, well, to be quite honest, he knows about dwarfism and, and, and you don't. So, <laughs> you know, and so here I am in these situations, like, 
advocating for my son and his hearing and I'm 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 realizing like one now I feel like super mama bear you know like I'm like <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life for myself but now for my son like watch out okay I am yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make sure the things that need to happen happen but also right the biggest learning is that you know I don't I don't want it to be a knock on this guy's ego. You know, I want it to be an opportunity to say, hey, let's learn together and let's let's find a way to share information so that the next time you have a patient like my son or like my husband or myself, that you can be a little more equipped to like handle it or whatever. So So that's been a journey. And that was sort of the quick little story I wanted to share. Like, it's just been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey from the moment we got pregnant to now, like the advocacy that has had to Mm -hmm. happen in different ways. But now with my son, it's like, Clint and I are, we're going to do our damn best to, to not only, you know, get what my, get what our son needs and 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 handle whatever we need to but to help spread awareness bring education to these doctors and not make it such a big deal you know it's like there's resources out there there's been so many scientists and doctors that have made the i mean these hearing aids are so tiny it's amazing that they can put these in this seven month old you know and it's like geez we're we're okay like we we can get yeah. past this you know um so it's it's been a it's been a funny journey and I'm still learning what all of that means but Clint and I just have a blast laughing after these appointments with these doctors. <laughs> we are just like Actually it takes me back to when our eldest was born and you knew you were in labor and we called the doctor and he was like nah and then we called again and he's like, ah, okay, come into the hospital. Sometimes you know yourself. Absolutely. And you know your situation better. That and I had been vomiting for six <laughs> hours. So I was like, seriously, something is going on and I should probably be looked at. Yes. Um, nothing like a good little preeclampsia and a kick in, make life exactly. interesting. But I think this is, uh, I think Sophia's sharing her story is, is super important and it's really important that Obviously, every pregnancy journey mm-hmm. is unique and making space that everyone goes through it their way yeah, and how it works for them and making sure that all services are available to everyone who needs it yeah. is of paramount importance. And I am thrilled that she came and shared the story and her son is so stinking cute. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> It makes me long for the days when I used to wear the babies. Yeah. But now they just lay on top of me and except the big one's like 70 pounds. So it's it's a different experience. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and, uh, and for following the podcast, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing, following us on Facebook and uh, signing up for our mailing list at funnyparentspodcast.com. And we will be back in your ears in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>